Hello and welcome back to Grateful Gwenna. Thank you for joining us. These podcasts share my testimony as a Christian woman survivor of domestic violence, as well as others' testimonies. We share real life stories and struggles with true biblical advice, support, and empowerment for abuse victims and overcomers. You can support this podcast at anchor.fm slash If you or a loved one is in need of immediate help or support, the National Domestic Violence Hotline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-800-799-7233. Okay, welcome back. I am so excited today because I have a very special guest joining us. My son, Michael, is here with us today, and he's going to be sharing a little bit of his story and his experiences and his perspective. This child, who is now a man, but is my child, is one amazing person all the way around. And I'm so honored and blessed to have him sharing his a bit of his testimony with you today. Thank you so much, Michael, for joining us. Uh, you're welcome. Hello, everybody. So I have some questions. Um, for you, if that's okay, Michael. That's the point, I think. <laughs> okay. Um, Michael is my older son. Do you want to give an introduction to yourself or do you want me to do that real quick? Well, I mean, I'm the handsome one, so. I hope I'm not handsome. <laughs> no, the handsome son. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I thought you meant you were more handsome than I am. I mean, yes. I would hope so. Okay, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we um, delve in and dive in and ask some questions. I don't really know what uh, applies, honestly. I am 26. Uh, and that's about it. Like, <laughs> I don't, nothing's outstanding, at least not yet. So. Oh, that's not true. You're an amazing young man. Yep. And to me, and it's so hard for me because, okay, I got to get the mom thing out of this. Okay, so here we go. Um, thanks again for joining us, Michael. All right. As you can see, he has a wonderful sense of humor. Um, Michael is my firstborn son. There's quite a bit of testimony there. But um, for purposes of today's podcast, so we won't go super long, um, Michael has graciously agreed to share his perspective of um, how the abuse in our home affected him growing up. And so um, just a little bit about Michael. He has a very scientific mind. He's very intelligent. Um, he is um, getting ready and preparing to return to college and has just been accepted to a local college to finish his college degree. And I'm so excited. What's your major going to be, Michael? Uh, astrophysics, generally. So you're super smart. People think that. <laughs> I don't know how right they are. <laughs> okay. Well, here we go. I have um, a few questions for you that I've prepared, Michael. And just be yourself and talk like we normally would. Okay. Um, thank you again for joining us. Okay, and, and this might be difficult at times. If you need to pause for a moment, that's fine. Michael, what was it like for you growing up in an abusive home? That's kind of a tough question to answer 
I mean, I've talked to you about this before, but I don't remember a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And there's been some research about traumatizing events from childhood being locked away on purpose, or at least by the subconscious. So a lot of it, I really don't remember. There are some, there are some things that I do. Like one of the things that I do remember is my dad was very insistent on always putting your best foot forward. Um, he cared a lot about appearances. So one thing I specifically remember was, uh, there was one point in time when the shoes that I would wear to church were like too small and they would hurt my feet. Um, but he would force me to wear them anyway, because he, they, they were the nice shoes. They were the dress shoes. And I guess he was too cheap, too cheap to buy new ones that actually fit too. So I would go to, I would go to church every week. And my feet would hurt like a mother. It would be terrible. So and that's like a specific example. But there's also, um, I don't know, a general atmosphere about that time that I remember that was just, it wasn't pleasant, I suppose. And I mean, a lot of things I remember, mostly of what I remember is the two of you fighting a lot. So, right. You know, you and I have talked about this before and thank you for sharing and being real and vulnerable and authentic because I think a lot of people, unfortunately, are going to be able to relate to some of the things you're saying and may not even realize that what they were dealing with was abuse. And the example that you brought up of the shoes, I'll tell you again, I've told you before, I'm so sorry. I remember begging your father to not do that to you. Um, and I remember that we were struggling financially. We had a lot of debt, but you can't buy a pair of shoes. Come on. Anyway, this is your testimony. I'm kind of plugging in my perspective also. But, you know, I remember feeling so helpless and powerless to do anything. And back then I was we were taught some some biblical principles that weren't entirely accurate, to say the least. Um and, and Michael, you can share whatever you want. This is your testimony. Um, it's not going to hurt my feelings. It's not going to upset me. Okay. So I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. You're doing that. I really appreciate that. So again, I'm, I'm so sorry about those shoes. I remember crying and being so angry with him and frustrated that he was doing that to you. And I just felt completely powerless in that. So, so I apologize. Well, it wasn't just the shoes. I mean, I do specifically remember the belt coming out quite a few times. From me? From no, your father? From, from dad, yeah. So, Meaning he would spank you with the belt? Yes, that's what that means. Oh, I don't even remember that. I do remember that. You do? But then I remember other random things, too, from childhood. Yeah? Like, like what? Punching a clown. Like one of those um, the, the inflatable ones that have a weight in the bottom where you punch it, it just pops right back up. Mm -hmm. I remember we used to have one of those. You remember punching that? Yeah. I like do. to get your frustrations out? No, just playing with it. Just playing with it? Yeah. Yeah. I also remember one time I ate a, a thing of gum and I didn't chew it for a while and it dissolved because I didn't understand how gum worked. And I, I started chewing it again after a little while and it was liquid and I freaked out and just like spit it everywhere. <laughs> and I think you and dad both were like, what the hell? Why did you do that? And I was like, <laughs> ew. And then I had to clean it up, of course. <laughs> that 
That must have been when you were like a toddler or something. I don't even remember that at all. I feel like I was like five or six, maybe. Wow. So you didn't understand gum. So we failed as parents teaching you what gum was. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> maybe that's why I have to get a degree in science. <laughs> You're funny. Okay. You also said the atmosphere was generally unpleasant. I feel like that's like the understatement of the year, but what well, do you mean by that? I just mean specifically, like there's, like I said before, there's a lot of things that I don't specifically remember about that time. Right. But what I do know is that it's not something that I want to remember necessarily. Like just anytime I think about, you know, things specifically related to, you know, how I was parented, I suppose, um, it just... I don't see really a point in trying to dig that up, like for me personally, because it's been so far in the past that it doesn't really affect me now. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily want to, I don't think I would be super upset if I remembered, if I didn't remember it for the rest of my life, because I feel like, I don't remember specifically, but I feel like a lot of those memories would not be pleasant. <coughs> Right. So I appreciate you agreeing to do this interview. Is it too difficult for you to go on? No, I, it's, um, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Um, part of me thinks that it's not a good idea to relive memories that I've locked away for a reason, but another part of me doesn't really like it's been so long and I've separated myself from those incidences so much that it's not uh um it may not be as impactful or as detrimental as i think it might be do you feel like you've gotten healing from those events i don't know if i'd say healing uh i think at this point it's more i'm more of the type of person to avoid uh conflict and um, what's the word, uh, struggle, I guess, to move through something. So it's more of, well, I've put it behind me in the past is the past. I don't necessarily think that that is the healthiest way to deal with things. Uh, but it's where I am right now. So I appreciate your honesty and transparency. Um, how did you feel? Do you remember how you feel? I know you said you've blocked a lot of the events out. But do you remember how you felt? I can honestly say that I don't really remember how I felt. All I remember is the logical sequence of events for some of the things that happened. I don't remember how I felt in the moment. How did you feel with the shoes that he was forcing you to wear that were too small for you? I can only tell you how I feel about it right now. I don't remember how I felt back then. Okay. How uh, do you feel about it now? Um... Seems you, like you didn't expect me to ask that, did you? <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's a fair question. I okay, mean, thank you. At this point, looking back, it seems like that's, I mean, to be honest, pretty bad parenting. I mean, like, it's just a pair of shoes, and it's just even considering the church that we went to. I mean, dad was all super insistent that everybody looked their best, and then you had, you know, youth kids who were in jeans and a t shirt every week. I mean, it was really his image, really, that always. It felt like that's all we cared about was just. Well, you were you were forced to wear dress shoes while the other kids were allowed to dress casually. Yeah, and I didn't mind the dress shoes so much. It's not the fact that they were dress shoes and other other kids wore 
regular street clothes. It was that the dress shoes were too small, but right. I couldn't wear other shoes because I had to wear dress shoes. Like it was more of the physical pain that I would. Right. Be in absolutely. Than... Yeah. You know, we're audio right now and people can't see your face, but I saw your face change when you described that. So I'm going to ask you again, <laughs> please don't get mad at me. How do you feel about that? Happy, sad, angry, upset, um, frustrated, uh, emotional. Well, I didn't think this was going to be a therapy session. It's no. not a therapy session. I'm just because people want to relate. People will identify with your feelings. So how did you feel? And also, how would you consider the shoe story abuse? It might be obvious to us, but it might not be to someone else. Well, I guess I tell you how I feel now. It was it was not something that a parent should be doing to their child only for the sake of projecting an image. I mean, if you look at the world we live in today, everybody projects an image and it's something that a lot of people do, but people take it sometimes people take it too far. And especially when your um your child is like in pain because of something that you are wanting to project your own image and curate your own image you, you care more about that than the the comfort of your your own kid right i mean it feels almost it feels selfish right absolutely and um and the way that i would consider it abuse is because it is it is i mean as a parent you're supposed to when, when you have a kid when you decide to raise a kid in in my opinion you are supposed to sacrifice a lot of the things that you want to do in order to provide the best life you can for your child. And by placing your own curated image over the comfort and the physical safety of your child, I mean, that's a bit extreme, but it kind of applies. You are failing in as a parent. Mm -hmm. What was your perspective of what was going on in your home? my perspective uh mom and dad fight a lot and what do you mean by fight well you i mean i don't remember specifics but i feel like i remember that you guys would yell quite often at each other um i only remember one or two instances of like physical contact between you and him because i don't think i ever stuck around long enough for excuse me, things to escalate that much. You're fine. But maybe, maybe I did and I just don't remember. So what are the couple of instances you remember of physical contact? The only one I legitimately remember is the night when he, well, I saw him shove you against the wall. And that was, that was pretty much it. Like I didn't, but I could tell, like I, I saw through the door and I could tell he was, angry beyond reason so and he shoved you and you like flew into and out of frame and then i heard a thud on the wall and then i saw him charging towards you but that's all i saw that was actually the night that he strangled me and i didn't even know you had witnessed that until what five or six years later um but i remember Somehow I had the wherewithal to close and lock you guys in your bedroom before that. And you guys, I share this on another one of my podcasts. Um, it's, I think, my marriage story part two. 
but I talk about that night that you're referring to, um, you have a very different perspective and memory of it. I remember hearing you say, yelling, mommy, mommy, bring me the phone. I'll call 911. I don't remember how old you were. Do you? No, but we could probably do the math. Yeah. Well, it was 2003 was when it happened. It was November 23rd, 2003. November, then I would have been mm-hmm. yeah. nine. So you were about nine, which maybe. Seven. Se- seven? Okay. Wait. Hold on. <laughs> you I'm were born in what? Player. 96? 94. 94. Six years and then three. So so nine. Nine. You were right the first time. So you were about nine. Your brother was about seven. And you had bunk beds in your bedroom, right? And mm-hmm. you guys didn't have a telephone in your bedroom. That was back in the days of the cordless phone. I don't think the cell phones were a thing yet. Or if they, they were, were, but they weren't popular. They were like, like we flip phones, right? Sure. Yeah. So you didn't have access to a phone. There wasn't a phone in your bedroom. Right. And I remember locking you in the bedroom. So how do you feel that this abuse between your father and me and you're describing your father and you, and I, am I missing abuse? Did I abuse you? Um, I don't have as much of a solid grasp on the definition of abuse as you do. And we've talked a lot before about the differences in our generation and how we process things. Um, I personally don't think that, I mean, I remember being yelled at by you a lot more than dad, but I know now because that's what you had to do essentially to keep us from ending up with a worse fate. But back then I didn't know that. And so it kind of hurt me. Yeah. Because all I could really feel was my mom is angry and yelling at me all the time. Oh, I'm sorry. I appreciate your being honest with me and I'm sorry if that hurt you. So that leads me to how did the abuse in your home affect you personally? Well, I think that was the biggest thing what I just covered because I, I guess in a way dad always seemed distant like he didn't care so much about us and he says he does um, but based on the culture he was raised in you know if i talk to him now he'll be like well i want you to succeed i'll provide anything you need um but it didn't seem like he was a very uh loving father i guess um maybe that's not fair of me but one thing i do remember is i was a very physical person like a physical kid I don't know if you remember, but I would always like try and hug people, especially you and dad. I do remember specifically one day we were at O'Charlie's, I think it was. And yeah, you've always been very physically affectionate, even as an adult. And I love that about you. But I remember one day when we were at O'Charlie's, I I think it was O'Charlie's. It might have been somewhere else, but we were out to eat and I just randomly gave him a hug and he kind of like pushed me off and was like, no, don't do that. And like looking back on it now, I can understand why he did it. But as a kid, like, you don't understand that anything about, you know, you just want to give your dad a hug. And he's like, nah. Mm. So. Do you remember about how old you may have been? I was young. I mean, yeah, probably less than 10 years old. Wow. I didn't even know that. You were with us, I think. Did I say anything? Mm, I don't know. I don't think I even noticed, unfortunately. I don't think I realized. So if you could change anything about this, you know, the home you grew up in 
etc. What would it be? And is there anything you wish? Uh, I, I honestly don't know what I would change. I mean, it's hard to imagine where I would have ended up if something was different. You know what I mean? That's okay. Obviously, I'm not saying that I like that there was abuse in the home, but right. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Right. Keep being honest. You're doing a great job. What was the second part of the question? <laughs> if you could change anything, what would it be? And is there anything you wish? Anything I wish? Yeah, like anything you wish could have gone differently or anything. <laughs> yeah, but not related to that. Okay. <laughs> um. I mean, we all have things that we wish had turned out differently, but I feel like in relation to my childhood, that's just the way it is. I mean, a lot of what happened shaped me into who I am today. You know, I, people have told me that I'm wiser than most people my age and <laughs> wisdom comes from experience of trauma and things like that. And I had to grow up a lot more quickly than some other people who don't grow up in in similar, similarly demanding situations. Mm. And so I, I don't want to say that I'm grateful that that happened, but I am grateful for the insight that it gave me moving on with my life. Wow. You just took the question I asked you, if you could change anything, what would it be? And is there anything you wish? And said what you're grateful for from that. I think we can all learn a great lesson from that. You know, um, the worldly phrase would be when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. You just made lemonade. And, you know, the godly phrase would probably be something like into the effect of think on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, whatever is praiseworthy. And you're correct. You do gain wisdom through, I like that, through your experiences. However, also, you've always been gifted with wisdom. You've always had wisdom. I realize your experiences have also helped shape and mold you. And I can totally relate. This isn't about me though, but I can totally relate because I never really got a childhood either. So my goal was to help you have a childhood. It seems like I've failed, but you've turned out really well, really well. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I lost my train of thought for just a second. Oh, you've always had that gift of wisdom. And what I was going to say was when you were five years old, your dad and I, I remember we were walking into the Sears store at Glenbrook Mall and we were walking in the parking lot and almost to the door and your dad and I had been arguing about something and he was ahead of me, not waiting for me. He always walked faster than I did. And you told me, mommy, you need to forgive daddy. And you were five years old. And then you went up to your dad and said, daddy, you need to forgive mommy. And you just were always that way. You just had the gift of wisdom. And I remember being so proud of you, you know? Do you remember that? Probably not. I don't remember that at all. No? You've told me the story on multiple occasions, but I don't remember it. Oh, okay. What would you like to share with others based on your experience? Someone listening, what would you like to share with others based on your experience? Well, assuming they're listening for the same reasons that, you know, I went through this and I'm, you know, here today, I think it can be 
it can be it can certainly be difficult to go through things of that nature and i don't want to be you know pandering or anything um but there is truth in what's pandering uh, i don't know if that's the right word necessarily maybe um i had it and then i lost it um i apologize for interrupting patronizing you. maybe that's the word probably um there is truth in the notion that no matter how bad a situation we go through is there's always a lesson to be learned um i mean a lot of times you're not going to learn a lesson until you have made it through whatever trial that you know you're going through um and a lot of times you probably won't be able to get through that trial without support from somebody uh, maybe a close friend or a relative who understands. Um, and I think it is important, especially in situations like this, to make sure that you have somebody you can talk to because that's really the only way that you can process things um, healthily, I guess, just to be able to have someone. And a lot of times people feel alone and like they're the only ones who are going through a particular situation. Um, but you'd be surprised. I mean, there are more than seven, six, seven billion people on this planet. I don't know. I don't keep track anymore. But someone has been through at least a similar situation, if not the same exact one. And with how connected the world is to everything today, it's easier than ever to find someone who has experiences gone through that and can help you through whatever you're going through now. So that's not, uh, that is a, a suggestion that I make, that I don't make lightly. That's the, there it is. <laughs> wow. That's a, uh, wow. Great advice. Whatever you're going through, there's always a lesson to be learned and make sure you have someone you can talk to. Extremely important. Someone you trust. I, I thought of a question kind of backing up a little bit, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see your father abusing me? If so, how did that affect you? The only thing I specifically remember is what we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. And it, it's the memory is really hazy, but I feel like I remember being I want to say scared, mm -hmm. but protective i guess mm -hmm. like i said before i never really felt close to my father protective of what of you okay um because like i said before i never really felt close to my father so when i saw you know him being mean in the best way that my child mind could put it mm -hmm. uh i wanted to make sure that you were okay now, obviously i was like nine so i couldn't really do anything about it but... so you felt close to me well, yeah. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you or stop your thought. Why did you never feel close to your father? No, this is a therapy session. I, sorry? <laughs> he's laughing. You can't see it, but he's laughing. Um, I just, I think we are on different wavelengths. I think we always have been. Um, I'm more of a 
obviously we discussed this earlier, I'm more of a physical person and he is more of a Mm -hmm. being there for you person, like financially and and making sure that you get through life. Um, And I think he does love me, but I think it might be a little hard for him to show it in the way that would actually mean something to me. And what way would actually mean something to you? Um, at this point now, I'm not sure that there is a way that that could happen. But when I was a kid, it would it would have been being more attentive and more affectionate. Um, have you ever told your father how you feel? Maybe mm, he has no idea. He probably doesn't. I mean, we don't really talk very I don't, often. I'm sorry, this does sound a little like a therapy session, but I just thought of that. I mean, maybe you should try telling him sometime. You think he would be receptive to that? I don't know. You still have a relationship with your father, correct? Yeah, we talk. That's good. That's good. So how have your experiences related to this shaped who you are today? I, (laughs) well, I used to be a lot more compassionate. uh, And then... I guess growing up, I was more compassionate towards people because they, like, I understood things were difficult for everybody in different ways. Um, for me, it was it was specifically what happened in my home, but that doesn't necessarily mean that other people didn't have something wrong with them because, I mean, going back to the curated image earlier, I mean, I'm sure people didn't really realize, well, wow, what's going on? a lot of what was going on in our home and to have it be that riddled with, you know, abuse and things that shouldn't be taking place, but to outwardly project that things are fine Mm -hmm. and living part of that, I think I understood more 